Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yvonne Fisher turned 18 years of age recently. By age seven, Yvonne had had two heart transplants. The first one just weeks after she was born. Second one, as I said, just before she was seven. She's 18 now, and she's planning her life. Yvonne Fisher joins us along with her mother, Tamara. Yvonne, here's the, here's the road question. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm excited for this interview. That's, uh, me too. I'm very excited to talk to you. It, yours is a, a, an absolutely tremendous story. And uh, I know the David Foster Foundation was very much instrumental in, in your success. Um, uh, Tamara, I'm going to ask you a question in just a moment. But today, um, Yvonne, you're planning your future at 18 years of age, and yet you had two transplants, heart transplants, before you reached the age of seven. The first one, obviously, you can't remember. But the second one is you were heading toward age seven. How, how aware were you of the challenges you were facing in your life? I was not aware at all. I just... I just thought it was another thing I was going to have to go through, and it just, it was just a thing. It didn't matter. Well, it mattered, but not really. So this was just your life. This is what you were used to. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was just going to be another hospital visit. And how, you said you're fine now, you're feeling good, and you're planning your future, so things are looking extremely positive for you. Mm-hmm, exactly. Tamara, how did you find out that Yvonne, your daughter-to-be, would be born in need of a heart transplant. And I can't imagine what it's like to receive that message. Um, well, to receive the message was <clears throat> absolutely devastating. It was shocking because she was my first pregnancy. And I found out uh, actually during my first ultrasound that something was severely wrong with uh, my baby's heart. And then each uh, ultrasound showed a different defect, a different issue, and then it just became apparent that the uh, baby would need a heart transplant. So they told you that your baby would need a heart transplant immediately, as soon as she was born, yes? Uh, Evan was actually listed for a heart transplant while I was still pregnant with her. And, and how quickly? I said a matter of weeks. Was that correct? Uh, within a matter of weeks of Yvonne being born, the first heart transplant took place. Uh, just around five weeks was when she had her first heart transplant. I've talked to a number of people about that, about your situation and, and what you both experienced and what you're living, how you're living now. And not one person I spoke to could really absorb that within such a short period of time after birth, there would be a heart transplant. Walk us through the, I guess, the emotional um, circumstances that you were you're dealing with, and and then how well did it work out? Uh, were there no complications? Was it a very successful surgery? Well, it was a successful surgery in the fact that a heart became available at the exact moment that 
Evan needed a heart. She had been um, on a spiral of ill health and um, had just turned a corner of a window being open where she was healthy enough that if a heart came available, she was able to receive it before she had deteriorated too much. And it was that moment that the heart became available, literally within a 24-hour stretch of her absolutely needing a heart. Um, her first heart transplant became available. It was difficult in the sense that because Evan was only five weeks, the heart was larger for her infant frame. Um, so the sternum had to be kept open for quite some time afterwards. And it was definitely touch and go for a while. There were nights where uh, the pediatric cardiologists were camped out beside her bed, just keeping a watchful eye on her. And then um, she turned a corner once again and just started healing and thriving. And there was literally no turning back. She was healthy, uh, regular routine checkups. And then just before she turned seven was when she had her heart attack out of nowhere and needed her second transplant. I can't imagine how you emotionally, let alone physically, but emotionally go through this and uh, and in combination, I'm sorry, I've been saying Yvonne, it's Evan. Evan, uh, <laughs> Evan, when you hear your mom, and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times, but when you hear your mom explain the earliest years and days and weeks and years of your life, how does that impact you? Whenever I learn new details about it, I, it shocks and bewilders me, like how, I, how much I really have to grow through. And when I hear my mom talk about it, and sometimes she tears up. I tear up, because that's my mom. Yeah. And so, uh, you're planning your future. Can you tell us a bit about what you uh, what you plan to do? Currently, I'm taking a gap year to just relax after everything I've gone through. But next year, once I go back to school, I'm planning to become a child life specialist. Fantastic. And, uh, and your health is, is, as you said, your health uh, is, is good and strong now. Yeah, been better than ever. Evan, I know you want to, uh, and, and I know, Tamara, you want to speak as well about this, but Evan, first of all, David Foster and his foundation, so important to you. Um, sh share with us, please, what you think of uh, what uh, David Foster's foundation has been able to do for you and for, um, for other kids who are suffering. The David Foster Foundation has, they've been a second family to me since forever. It, it warms my heart how much they help me and others just survive and, yeah. Tamara, what about the David Foster Foundation? Uh, the David Foster Foundation, like Evan said, literally is um, a second family to us. They have been there through thick and thin through us. We have gladly volunteered for everything for them because honestly, I've said this numerous times, Evan and I would not be who we are. Evan would not be here if it was not for the David Foster Foundation. They 100% allowed myself to be there for Evan when I needed to be uh, to to focus on her. I didn't have to worry about being back home. I knew that everything was going to be taken care of so that I could take care of what was important to me at that time, which was Evan. There was a hundred percent focus on Evan because the David Foster foundation took such good care of us to ensure that 
our needs were taken care of back home because Evan's transplant, her first transplant was done in Toronto at SickKids Hospital and her second transplant was done in Edmonton at the Stollery Hospital. So for both transplants, I was sent to a different province and the David Foster Foundation took care of myself and my needs in those provinces as well as my needs in my home province. It was amazing. Like, I can't ever, ever say enough positive, amazing things about what the foundation has done for myself, Evan, and Evan's brother, Bauer. A great Canadian effort as well. David Foster, um, for people who may not be aware, is one of the world's greatest music producers and uh, and obviously a musician and pianist and has the David Foster Foundation, which is helping uh, kids particularly who are in in medical uh, need. As I'm talking to you, I'm just... It's almost overwhelming, really, to consider everything that you've experienced medically, uh, a heart transplant just five weeks into life, a heart attack just before your seventh birthday, a second heart transplant, and here you are some uh, 11 years later planning your future. I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful success story. Uh, Some final words, uh, Tamara. I'm sure you want to talk uh, about the doctors and the nurses and the the medical teams who... uh, who provided what their professionalism and their caring? Oh, the hospitals, the medical staff, the every member of from physiotherapist to cardiologist to nurses, every single team member. We've developed such a relationship with them. We've had such wonderful support and wonderful care, again, through three different top hospitals, as Evan's been followed here in Victoria, or sorry, in BC at Children's Hospital. Um, We've just had the best care straight across the board. I mean, again, it's she's living proof of our medical care that she's received between the love and care of the foundation, our family, our friends, and the medical Miracle workers, um, we have our own little miracle right here. There's never enough words, never enough gratitude to express. All we can do is just keep smiling and keep living our happy lives and shooting for Evan's goals. Yeah, you know, we live in a world today that is so uh, unpredictable with so many negative situations going on in the news cycle. To hear such an inspiring story such as yours is really uplifting. And Evan, if I can ask you just to do one more thing, we may very well have children listening right now who have health conditions, medical conditions that they're trying to come to grips with and their families are trying to help out with. What would you say to the kids and their families? I would say to their families that... I guess it's really hard to say because every family goes through different things, but the main thing would be is to be hopeful and look at the bright side. There's always, uh, what they say, silver lining in every cloud, right? If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.